This is Cross Hope with Randy Snyder. Cross Hope is broadcast daily and shares five minutes of hope and encouragement from the Word of God. Our companion website is www.crosshope.org. Now with today's uplifting message, here's Randy. Well, before we begin today, just this word, since Thanksgiving is on Thursday this week, I thought it would be fitting to jump ahead in the Psalm series to Psalm 106 that talks about a frightening concept. God's people forgot the God who saved them. In fact, it says they soon forgot what he had done and did not wait for his counsel. That describes people in 2018 who forgot and have forgotten what the Lord has done in their lives, in this country, in their families, in their marriages, whatever the case may be. Let's begin with part one today from Psalm 106. I see two of the biggest problems in terms of our gratitude toward the Lord is we don't look to see what the Lord has done. We don't listen to what other people have have to say to us. We don't listen to the Lord himself through his word. And I'll add a third one, why we have trouble with gratitude is this. We don't remember. We don't remember what the Lord has done. You don't remember. I don't remember. And how do I know that? Because of everything we read today in the book of Psalms, as we continue our series in Psalms and Psalm 106, the psalm writer says one of the saddest statements in all of the Bible, the people of God forgot what the Lord had done. What a statement. Don't ever let it be said of you that you were a man who forgot what the Lord had done in your life. Don't ever let it be said of you as a woman that you forgot what the Lord had done. And I'm going to give you a definition of forgetting that is very powerful in my mind because forgetting means more than what you think it does. What I want to do today is go through several verses, not everyone in this passage, but speak to you today in a powerful way about looking, listening, and remembering. You celebrated Thanksgiving in whatever way you celebrated Thursday, but I'm convinced that if you don't look at what the Lord has done, if you don't listen to what the Lord is doing and saying in your life, and you don't remember past tense what he's done, I guarantee you're going to struggle with gratitude. You're going to struggle with giving thanks or saying thanks. Verse 1 is intriguing because the definition of one word, if we could bring that back up again, praise the Lord, give thanks to the Lord for he is good, his love endures forever. I looked up the word good, and I I expected it to say in the Hebrew that it's someone who's morally superior. That goodness here, in this case, God is good, that he's above everyone in terms of goodness. And I found out that's not the word the Hebrew writer used. Do you know what it means? This exact word here, it means pleasant and agreeable. You know what that means? Approachable. Guarantee, if you've got somebody in your family who's not pleasant and not agreeable, you don't approach them. If that describes you, you're not pleasant, you're not agreeable in the morning or the afternoon or evening, people don't approach you. They learn, don't approach him or her because they're not pleasant and not agreeable. And I just find it interesting, had no commentator talk about this, that God is described as being pleasant and agreeable. Isn't he a God of wrath? Yeah, he sure is. Isn't he a God of righteousness and truth and what is right and so forth? And isn't he a God who will be the one who settles the scores and balances the scales. That's absolutely right. But I'm comforted to know that my God, your God, is approachable. He's pleasant and agreeable. We can approach him. And his love endures forever. Can you say that about anything in your life that it endures forever? You ever owned a house that endures forever? No. You ever owned a car that will endure forever? No. 
Have you ever had anything in your life of a physical nature? Your health doesn't endure forever. Your house doesn't last forever. But I can tell you one thing, according to the word of God, that endures, lasts forever, is God's love for you. And God's love for me. That's a word for some man here today. You need to know that God's love endures forever for you. And likewise, if you're a woman, you need to know that God's love for you endures forever. Our website is crosshope.org, crosshope.org. Verse 2 says, who can proclaim the mighty acts of the Lord or fully declare his praise? It's a rhetorical question that means this. Who has the capability or the capacity to proclaim everything God has done? Have you ever thought about this? You're not aware of the things that God has done in your life that you will never know about until eternity. God has spared you in a situation. He protected you here. And you say, well, I have never seen that. You don't know about it. And just because you don't know about it doesn't change the reality that God is working in your life and he's there. You need to look and see what he's done and you need to listen. I want to talk about this idea of listening to the Lord for a minute. James Otis is a writer that lived in Austin, Texas. That's all I know about him. This was actually a story printed uh, years ago. He said, I don't talk on Sundays. Listen to that again. I don't speak on Sundays. I haven't in more than three years. When my grandfather died, my last memory of him was hearing him yell at my grandmother. He had been ill for years, and his anger with his failing body had overwhelmed him. His death focused both my desire to honor him and to get my own life in order. I was living in Austin at the time, working as an assistant to a professor. One day, I ran across a journal of somebody who was practicing reserving one day a week for total silence. And so he decided, three years before writing this, that every Sunday he would not say a word. You say, how did he handle that logistically? He carried a little three-by-five card on Sundays, and he would hand it to people and say, I don't speak on Sundays. And he said he even went on his first date with a girl on a Sunday. She did all the talking. He just sat there and listened, which a lot of people have had dates like that. I mean, come to think of it. But listen to this. This is funny. This is humorous. A few months Later, I, after I started doing this, I took a trip to New York, and the ticket agent for the airline said, would you like an aisle seat or, on a, or a window seat? This was on a Sunday. I showed her my card and was baffled when she responded, well, we'll upgrade you to first class. We'll upgrade you to first class. That continued with hotel reservations and rental cars. Cabbies were friendly. Police were chatty. Obviously, most people thought I was either deaf or religious. All of that to say this. It's obvious that he spent Sundays listening. It's not bad advice for you and me on Sunday to listen to the Lord and what he has to say to you through his word and what he wants to say to you through communion, what he wants to say to you through your worship experience. God is speaking. And part of the reason we don't express gratitude is we're not looking, we're not listening. And most of all, I think we're doing what the Israelites did. We're not remembering. We're not remembering what the Lord has done. I want to focus in on verse 7. When our fathers were in Egypt, they gave no thought to your miracles. They did not remember your many kindnesses, and they rebelled by the sea, by the Red Sea. I want to share something with you that I can't find any proof for this in commentaries or in the Bible, but I think there's a connection. They first did not remember what the Lord did, and then the next step was rebellion. 
I think one reason that some men rebel against the Lord is they forgot what God has done in their life. And the reason some women, the reason some young people, teenagers, rebel against the Lord is perhaps that they have simply forgotten what the Lord has done in their life. The most frightening verse of this passage is in verse 13. Let's jump to that. But they soon forgot what he had done and did not wait for his counsel. They soon forgot what he had done. Well, tomorrow on CrossOpe, I'm going to give you a definition of forgetting that is actually frightening. We'll continue that tomorrow on CrossOpe. Our website, of course, is crossope.org. Well, I don't know how you would define the word forget, but I'm going to give you a definition in this message today that I honestly believe is personally frightening. Forgetting means more than just ceasing to remember. It has a spiritual connection that has to do with your level of concern or care. Let me put it bluntly. When you forget, you don't care. That's the message today. Listen to part three of this message we're using for Thanksgiving 2018. God bless you as you listen. The most frightening verse of this passage is in verse 13. Let's jump to that. But they soon forgot what he had done and did not wait for his counsel. They soon forgot what he had done. I'm going to give you a definition of forgetting that you need to write down in your notes because this is really important. It's a definition I gave you a year and a half ago on Memorial Day weekend. Many of you weren't here that weekend, so I'm going to do it again. The biblical definition of forgetting is this. It means two things. Number one, it means to cease to remember, which is a given. To forget means to cease to remember, but here's the scary part. To forget biblically means to cease to care. To cease to care. Talk to any marriage counselor. Talk to any psychologist who counsels couples, and he or she will tell you that one of the most devastating times in a marriage is when a husband or wife comes into counseling and says, I don't care anymore. And they mean it. I don't care anymore because that can be the beginning of the end. When people cease to care, and I want to suggest to you, That's part of the definition, part of the definition of forgetting, to cease to remember and to cease to care. And that's the most deadly part of all. In a book called Howard Hughes, The Hidden Years, one of the most interesting parts of the book talks about after his death. You know that he died as a billionaire, not a millionaire. A public relations firm in Las Vegas thought it would be appropriate that if at the same moment in Las Vegas, at all the casinos in Vegas all the hotels would have one minute of silence in honor and out of respect for Howard Hughes. So what the plan was, the, you know, the the group that organized this had every hotel, every casino at the same moment, the same day, the same hour, go on a PA system with a pre-recorded announcement. And here's what the announcement said. We'd like everyone to stand still for a moment. All the gaming to stop. Let's have a moment of silence out of respect for the departed Howard Hughes. I want you to listen to what the author says happened at that moment, because it's interesting. Housewives stood uncomfortably, clutching their paper cups of coins at the slot machines. The blackjack games paused, and at the tables, stick men cradled dice in the crooks of their wooden wands. After 60 long seconds for some people, and just an unbelievably long time, The pit bosses at each casino would look at their watch, lean forward, and whisper to the people around them, okay, roll the dice. Howard Hughes has had his minute. 
Howard Hughes has had his minute. Can you imagine your life being reduced to that? You're a billionaire. You've done a lot of great things in life, and your life comes down to a minute of silence at the gambling tables, and then somebody says, roll the dice. He's had his minute. How will people reduce your life, and what will they reduce life to in in your memory of you? What will describe your life? I want to tell you an even more powerful story that I think will illustrate how powerful memory can be of a person's life. It's told by Ben Patterson in his book, The Grand Essentials. He said, I have a theory about old age that when life has whittled us down, when the joints have failed and the skin is wrinkled and the capillaries have clogged and hardened, what is left of us will be what we were all along in our essence. Well, tomorrow is Thanksgiving, but if you get a chance, I hope you hear the rest of this story on CrossOpe. That's CrossOpe.org. CrossOpe.org. Well, today on Thanksgiving, I would like to wish you a happy Thanksgiving for you and your family. If you're able to hear the program today, that's great. I hope it's a day of not only thanking God, but remembering what God has done in your home. Maybe some of you need to remember what God has done and is doing in your marriage. Some of you need to remember what God has done and is doing in the life of a son or daughter, a mother or father, brother or sister. Let's continue with part four today of this message we began on Monday from Psalm 106. God bless you and happy Thanksgiving. He said, I have a theory about old age that when life has whittled us down, when the joints have failed and the skin is wrinkled and the capillaries have clogged and hardened, what is left of us will be what we were all along in our essence. He says, let me give you a couple of examples. Exhibit A is an uncle of mine. All he did all his life was find new ways to make money. He spent his old age comfortably, drooling and babbling constantly about all the money he had made. When life had whittled my uncle down to his essence, all that was left was raw greed. That's what he cultivated in a thousand different ways over a lifetime. Exhibit B is my wife's grandmother. When she died in her mid-80s, she had already been senile for several years. What did this lady talk about? The best example I can give you is that when we asked her to pray before dinner, she would reach out and hold the hands of those sitting next to her. A smile would spread across her face. Her dim eyes would fill with tears as she looked up to heaven. Her chin would quiver as she poured out her love to Jesus Christ. That was my wife's grandmother in a nutshell. She loved the Lord and she loved people. She couldn't even remember our names, but she couldn't keep her hands from patting us lovingly whenever we got near her. You see, when life had whittled my wife's grandmother down to her essence, all that was left was pure love, love for God and love for people. When life had whittled her down to her essence, That's all that was left, a love for God and a love for people. I want to ask you a very personal question. When life whittles you down to your essence, I hope it can be said, you were a man or woman who looked around you to see what the Lord had done in your life. You listened to what the Lord was trying to say to you through his word and through worship and through communion and through other people. You also remembered what the Lord has done. You remembered what he's doing and you remember what he will do. That the God who acted in the past can act in the present. The God who acts in my present can act in the future. And he can work in our marriage. He can work in our family. He can work in my job situation. He can work in our home because he's God. Because he's God. 
I want to close with a powerful story that I told at the first service. I don't think you've ever heard it before because I just heard about it recently. The man's name is William George Adis. It's one word, Georgia Adis, A-D-E-S. He's a writer for the Los Angeles Times and the New York Post. He's in his early 40s. He said that when he was born in London, England, he was born to a 19-year-old girl who was not married. The 19-year-old girl and his father were encouraged to place him up for adoption, which they did. They were, they were not married. They had no financial means. And then they put him up for adoption. He grew up in London in a nice home. He said he was well taken care of, well educated. But about nine years ago, he did what a lot of people do. He wanted to find his biological mother and father in, in London. Well, I want you to hear the conclusion of this story about a man searching for his biological parents. This story will surprise you because of the twist that it takes at the end that you won't believe. Our website is crossope.org. That's crossope.org. Happy Thanksgiving to all. Now then, today, the conclusion of a message from Psalm 106 about God's people forgetting what God had done. What a statement. They forgot what the Lord had done, and they didn't wait for his counsel. And their forgetfulness, get this, in verse 33 of chapter 106 said, led to their rebellion against the Spirit of God. Have you ever heard anybody say, I've rebelled against the Spirit of God? Maybe you and I both have done that. Didn't even know it. To rebel against the Spirit of God is to rebel against the essence of who God is. But about nine years ago, he did what a lot of people do. He wanted to find his biological mother and father in in London. So for nine years, he searched and talked to social workers. He went to courthouses. He did all the things that people do. And after nine years, he finally found his biological mother's phone number, called her and arranged a meeting with her. And here's what he found out, that three years after he was born, His biological mother ended up marrying his biological father, and then they had two daughters and raised those daughters and lived in the same house in the London area for 30 years. Now, you want to know the irony? Is that William George Ada said, I grew up three blocks from my mother. I walked by her house every day. We shared the same tube stop is what he called the subway stop. They took the same one. They both walked past each other's houses. And he had no idea day after day when he was walking to school, he was walking past the house of his real parents. And they had no idea this little boy walking in front of their house was their son. You say, what a tragedy. It it was a tragedy in my mind, even though he was raised in a good home. But let me tell you a greater tragedy. His people who walk by the Lord, figuratively speaking, day in and day out, and they don't look and they don't listen, and they don't remember what the Lord has done. That's the real tragedy. People who could have had a relationship with the God who made them through His Son, Jesus Christ, but they walk by the house, so to speak, day in and day out, and they neglect having a relationship with the most important individual in the universe, the God that made them and the God who loves them more than they love themselves. That's the tragedy. When you leave here today, you will leave here as a person who has said thanks to the Lord. But if you do say thanks this Thanksgiving season, I guarantee you it's because you've looked around you to see what the Lord has done. 
And you've listened to see what the Lord has said to you and what he's doing and what he's saying to you through other believers. And most of all, you remember. You remember what he's done and you're not a man or woman who ceases to remember and who ceases to care. You care. And you rehearse and you remind. And you know, every Sunday when we take the Lord's Supper, do you realize why the Lord instituted that? So we would remember. Every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, what did Jesus say? You remember my death. You recall it to mind. And Jesus knew we would have memory problems, that our memories would deteriorate, our memories would be distorted, our memories would be displaced as one memory displaces another. But every week we're reminded of the sacrifice. Every week we're reminded of the hope. We're reminded of where our power is in life. It's in the Lord God Almighty. Everything about what we do on Sunday morning is connected to remembering what the Lord has done. Don't ever forget that. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you for the word today from Psalm 106. The sin of your people was so great in the way it was described. They simply forgot what the Lord had done. They ceased to remember and they ceased to care. May that never, never, never be said about us that we remember what you've done, what you're doing in our lives and how you act and you continue to act and you work in people's lives today. been listening to Cross Hope with Randy Snyder. For more information about this ministry or to re-listen to any message heard on this broadcast, go to our website at crosshope.org. Be sure to join us at this same time each weekday or listen at www.crosshope.org. Cross Hope is listener supported and is produced by Cross Hope Ministries Incorporated.